this series, next three weeks, to get us ready for what God is going to do among us this year. And we're in a season of crossing over, uh, of getting us ready to where God wants to take us. And if you're a guest here today, I want to welcome you. We're really glad you're here. And I just want to tell you, if, you're, if this is your first time here, God has great plans for you. And uh, we're excited you're here. And, and we're excited you came to sit with us. Uh, and, and, and the whole idea of this, I, this, this theme that we're having is, you know, none of us would be here if someone didn't sit with us and show us who Jesus is. Isn't that right? I know I wouldn't be here, uh, and I know a lot of us wouldn't be here. So that's what we're going to be talking about the next, next three weeks. But I wanted to hit on last week, just real quick, tell you a story about last week. I appreciate so much the response that so many of you have had, and I want to encourage you to persevere with that. Be strong. Okay, be strong. But uh, a sister came up to me yesterday, and she said, you know, in her house uh, that they had dinner, and she offered her husband, you know, if he wanted seconds. And he said, no way, because I feel, I hear, I hear Peter's voice in my head just saying, you need to, you need to watch your, yourself and be strong. So I thought that was hilarious. And then, and then another thing was, you know, on the way out, uh, you know, Hope, uh, South, you know, the Southwest chapter of Hope Worldwide wanted to say thank you to you, the volunteers. So they had Hershey bars out there on the desk in the foyer. And after the lesson last week, nobody wanted to take a Hershey bar. <laughs> and that, that's not the point, okay? But anyways, I appreciate the response and I want to encourage you uh, to, to keep on. And, and we're in a season of, 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 of crossover, and it's all about increasing our faith. And, and for the last few weeks, we've been talking about practical steps on how to increase our faith. If you want to grow your faith, it's not complicated. It's not rock and science. It's right here in the scriptures, and Jesus can, can show you the scriptures can show you exactly how to do it. So the last three weeks, we talked about just first making the decision, hey, I want to increase my faith. And then number two is, is to write down stones of remembrance, things that God did in your past to bring you where you are so that you remember he's with you and he wants to use you. So you point to those stones of remembrance and then you look forward and say, God, what you did then, do it now. And then last week, dig deep into the word dig deep into the Word. And so today we're going to dig a little deeper into the Word. So I hope you're ready. hope you got your Bibles out, your, your apps out, and, and you're ready to dig in to the Word. So today we're going to talk about the new me. Okay, so do, just turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, hey, say hello to the new me. Say hello to the new me, but here's one of the problems with the new me. We can't always be the new me because of what? The old me. Isn't that right? And so I want to be the new me, but I have trouble with the old me. And we're going to look at someone in the scriptures that had that same struggle, that same challenge, where Jesus came on the scene and talked to him about being the new me. And he had a struggle with his old me. And I'm not sure if you can relate to that. But we're going to be talking about our plans. But just, just so we start, where we begin, John chapter 1, verse 16, John the Baptist. You know, he, this was shared about him. Out of his fullness, we have all received 
grace in place of grace. We're talking about grace on top of grace on top of grace, and we've all received it. You know what you got this morning? Grace. You know what you needed this morning? You know what you're going to need this afternoon? And this is what Jesus came to bring, grace on top of grace on top of grace. And we need that. I need that. It's already been given. So the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Not 50-50, 100-100. And today you're going to hear a 100% truth and 100% grace, which we need both, don't we? No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Ever wonder what God feels about you? You don't have to wonder. Just spend some time with Jesus and you're going to know exactly how God feels about you because that's why he came. He came to make God known, to make him known. And then we we look on and we see John the Baptist, one of my heroes in the Scriptures. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, there he is. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. What was John's primary focus and role for coming here? And it says it right here, his whole existence. And he says it, he goes on to say, Later on in verse 31, I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. I love John the Baptist because he knew what his role was and he kept faithful to it. My role here is to point. My role here is to point. Point to who? The Lamb of God, to Jesus. If you want to do one thing well here on earth, and get people direction and help people, just point. Just point them to Jesus. See, because he's the, he's, the, he's the answer. He goes on and he shares at verse 35, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said again, he said, look, right there, there he is, the Lamb of God. And when his two disciples heard him say this, They followed Jesus. Now, I wonder what John the Baptist must have felt when two of his disciples made the decision that day to go follow Jesus. You know, maybe his old me, it could have stung a little bit, right? Hey, these are my guys, and now they're going to be with Jesus. They're leaving me. But here's the encouraging thing. His new me was saying, yeah, but they're leaving me to go with, be with who? Now, I got to say this because sometimes we know people who leave, but they're not leaving to follow Jesus. Where are they leaving? And that hurts. When people leave and they go to follow themselves or they go to follow something else, that hurts. And you and I have felt that. But these two guys were going to follow Jesus. So you got to let them go. You got you to release them. You got to let them go. Turning around now, they, they find Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following them and asked them, what do you want? And that's a kind of boom question, isn't it? Hey, what do you want? This is a huge question. 
Why are you here? And the interesting thing is Jesus didn't say, who are you looking for? He's saying, what are you looking for? So can I ask that question of you today? What do you want? What do you want? What is it that you really want in life? What is it that you're after? What is it that you're chasing? What is it that you're following? That's a huge question. Because you and I can get lost in this life chasing the wrong things and the wrong people. And Jesus really brings it out and says, hey, I want to know what you guys are after. You know, people come to church for all kinds of reasons, don't they? They got problems. I'm going to church because I I believe God can fix my problems. So what do you want? I want to fix. But is that really the answer? And, 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 And it's really cool. They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, they showed a lot of respect. Where are you staying? And what do they mean by that? We don't want to know where you're going, and we want to know where you're staying because we want to be with you. This is an incredible interaction right here because he asked them, what are you after? And, and they gave the, like the best answer, I just, we just want to be with you, Jesus. And I hope you came to church today to be with Jesus. And I don't know if you know this or not, but as you look around, this is the body of Christ. And I just want to give a shout out to you guys online. It's great to see you online. But listen, If you really want to be with Jesus, you got to be with his body. Now, some people can't. They're sick and shut in, but others can. And their 21st century mindset is saying, well, I can get a little bit online. No, you you got to be. you got to be with Jesus and his body. And, you know, you may be traveling, but it's always important. Where are you staying? Jesus said, come, he replied, and you will see. They went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day, that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. What a day. What a day to be able to just spend the whole day with Jesus. Wouldn't that be awesome? When's the last time you just spent the day with Jesus? You know, one of the challenges that you and I have, and I, I, I totally relate, is that our lives are so busy, we're running around that we don't just stop and say, you know what, I just want to spend the day with Jesus. Well, how do you do that? Well, you know, you can go out and, and be in nature and take, take one of the Gospels with you and just listen to Jesus. And I guarantee you that time could transform you. But here's where we want to spend some time this morning Andrew, one of the two guys, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, the Christ. What's the first thing that Andrew did? What's that tell you about his relationship with his brother? Man, when you make the find, when you make the find of a lifetime and you say, I have found the relationship, I have found the focus, I have found the purpose, I have found the answer, I want you to have some too. And the very first thing he did, and he did what? He didn't just tell him about Jesus. What did he do? He brought him to Jesus. 
Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means when translated is Peter. Man, the first interaction Jesus has doesn't even say, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you, uh, Simon. He just goes, bam. You're Simon, but I'm going to change your name because I have vision for you. Now, how does this make Andrew feel? Andrew didn't get a name change, did he? He just stayed Andrew. And how many of you know about Andrew and all the things that Andrew did? Who's the more prominent figure in the Bible? That's Peter, clearly. Right? But how important is Andrew's role? His role is huge because he did what? He brought... He gave Peter the opportunity to get to know Jesus and to even have his name changed. This is huge. See, some people are bringers. Andrew was a bringer, and he didn't just bring his own brother. He brought other people to Jesus. He brought some Greeks, and he brought a, he brought a small boy with seven loaves of bread and five fish. Brought him to Jesus. You know, if there's one thing we can do in our life is bring people to Jesus. How significant is bringing someone to Jesus? Have you really thought about that? Do you realize that bringing someone to Jesus can change everything? That person who sat down with you and, and showed you who Jesus was and is kind of impact did that have on your life? Let me just tell you, in my life, it changed everything. 32 years later, it's changed everything about me, and the change continues. It's so significant. And, and one of the things that I want to say to us today, every one of us can bring someone to Jesus. How long did Andrew prepare to be a bringer? Did he take a class? Did he get his master's degree or, you know, some certificate that you're a bringer now, you're, you're certified, you're qualified to bring one day with Jesus, and he says, you know what, I'm going to bring my brother, and I'm going to bring people to Jesus. That's huge. Man, without Andrew, we'd have no Peter. We'd have no day of Pentecost. Well, somebody else could have done it. Yeah, but they wouldn't have done it like Peter did. We wouldn't have had that incredible encounter between Peter and Cornelius and, the, and the opening the way for the Gentiles to come to the faith. I want to encourage you today to make a decision to be a bringer, that you're going to bring somebody to Jesus. And, and you don't have to like, you can bring them to church, you can bring them to your group, but you can actually just bring them to Jesus by opening the scriptures. You know, that's what I do with people. You know, when I don't have the answers, I just say, hey, you know what? Let's just read the, the gospel of John. Let's read about it. Let's see what, what Jesus said and did. See, a lot of people have problem with church, but they miss Jesus because they think, well, that's Jesus. No, that's not Jesus. And if you just show them Jesus. So I want to challenge you today as a member of our church and if you're a guest, I want to encourage you, you can be a bringer too. You can change someone's life 
But here's the challenge with being a bringer. Because Jesus is calling me to be a bringer, right? Isn't he? He's calling me to help other people and have an impact. But here's the challenge. What's the problem? The old me, man. You know, if I bring somebody to Jesus, what if they don't like it? What if they say, no, I'm not interested? Mm. Man, that just tears me up. Really? The old me cares what people think. The new me says, I care about their future and their eternal destiny more than what they think about me because I know they need it. How many of us came to church on the first invitation? Couple. Guess what, guys? I, it took me 12 years. Man, they were inviting me to church. They were bringing me to Jesus, and I'd say no and no. You know what? I'm so glad that the people that brought me did not get caught up in the old them, and they stuck with the new them. Peter understands this. Old me versus new me. See, Jesus changed his name. But look at this encounter in Luke chapter 5. The, the, this is Luke's investigated account of what happened when Peter came and came to know Jesus. When Simon Peter saw this, it was a miracle. It was a, an incredible catch where they filled two boats full of fish. When Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. You know, did Peter feel worthy to follow Jesus? No, he didn't. In fact, he struggled with his identity. What am I doing here, Jesus? You're too good. You know, what you're calling me to, that name you've given me, that challenges me. And so Peter's character was one of, he was emotional, he was impulsive, sometimes he would say too much, he'd let his mouth get him in trouble. Any of us have that problem here today? I do. See, I'm usually the first one to step in, but sometimes I'm kind of the first one to step out. That's not good. Peter was kind of like that. But Jesus assures him, he said, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your character. Don't be afraid of your failures. Don't be afraid of the struggle with the old you, Peter, because I want to remind you, from now on, you will fish for people. From now on, I want to use your life to transform other people's lives. And it's not about you, Peter. It's about me. If you'll just point people in my direction, and if you will follow me, and you will point people to me, it will change everything in their lives. So they pulled in their nets up on the shore and left everything and followed him. Did the, did the struggle end here for Peter? No, man. I think, you know, Peter is a lot like all of us, isn't he? Can you relate to Peter? I can relate, and that's my name. My parents rightly named me Peter. See, because I have a lot in common with him. You do too. See, but here's the difference. Peter persevered with his struggle, with his challenge, with his character, with himself. 
See, a lot of people today, they don't persevere. They get too caught up in the old me and they say, well, the old me's too strong and I'm just gonna be the old me. And therefore, their marriage doesn't change, their relationships don't change, and they get stuck with the old them versus God's vision, Jesus' vision for the new them. Man, I wanna change you. I wanna transform you. See, Simon was a common name. It'd be like, it'd be like, I looked up the list. It'd be like Robert. Robert's one of the most common names in the United States of America. Did you know that, Robert? There's like five million people named Robert. If we just said, hey, Robert. That's Simon. That was Simon. It was a common name. It means here. It means here. Peter's a different. Peter's. That's not a common name. It's down the list. There's only about 500,000 Peters in the United States. It's not as common. And the reason why is probably because people don't want to name their kids Rocky because that's the tall order to be called Rocky, to be called The Rock. (laughs) What's that mean? That means you're strong. It means you're not going to waver around. You're going to stick to what you do, and you're going to be the man. You're going to be The Rock. That's what Jesus said. Jesus, you're, 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 Simon, your name was, 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 was normal, was common, but I'm calling you to be a rock. And Peter liked it, but he struggled with it. He's like all of us. And today I want to talk about this whole idea of where God wants to take us as a church. And I believe it's going to be a struggle for some of us. I want to take you back to August when we first started to bump up against this huge construction out here on the freeway. Have you seen it? Hard to miss it, isn't it? Yesterday I was here. Oh, my gosh, it's like Armageddon. You couldn't get anywhere. You just say, I'm just going to stay here and spend the day with Jesus because I can't go. I can't go anywhere. It's crazy. We lost parking because of the construction. I mean, they they just jumped and took a lane away from, you know, the... East Temple Way. So we've had some parking problems. How serious is the parking problems? There's no room. We had people come to church who were invited by some of our members. They came, they were invited, they, they got up early, they made all that effort to get here, and then they came, and guess what happened? There was no place to park. And they drove, they drove away. I mean, that bothered me. I'm just like, hey, we, we got to have room so people can sit with us, sit with us, and it's not in here, it's out there. There's no room. And so what we've decided to do, we've got to make room, and so in order, we got to go to several services. Now, the old me is probably saying, what? Let me tell you about what we're going to do to make room. Here's, here's the reason if we can make this a little bit smaller. Reason number one, a new service will reach more visitors. That means if we have more services, that means there will be plenty of room to park, to sit, to get to know Jesus. Number two, a new service will help break out of our normal church cycle. In other words, it will force us to break out of what? Our comfort zone. You and I like comfort zones, don't we? Man, we get sold all kinds of stuff to be comfortable. And you know, comfort's all right, but it's not good 
if you're going to live there because comfort can really take away from life. And we need to break out of that. Another reason, needs number three, is a service will activate a lot of inactive members. It means more people are going to have to help. That's another challenge, isn't it? But it's awesome. It's awesome. Number four is a, a, a new service will shorten the service. How many of the guys like a shorter service? The men are just like, yeah. Maybe some of you don't. Maybe you want a three-hour service. You can come to the Latin service because they got all day. And there will be times for that. But everything we're doing here is for one specific reason. It is for the, the opportunity so that someone can sit with us and spend time with Jesus and his body. What will be the schedule? We got the early service at 9 a.m., and it's going to be from 9 to 10.15. And then the second service from 11 to 11.15. Okay? 12.15, I'm sorry. That's a short service, isn't it? That's really short. When, when will we start this? When are we going to start this? Two weeks. Two weeks. Hey, I'm going to change your name this morning. I'm going to change your name from comfortable Christian, comfortable Christian, to follower of Jesus. See, because comfortable Christian, that's common. That's everywhere. You find that everywhere. Oh, you're a Christian? Oh, I'm a Christian. We're Christians. How about a follower of Jesus? Follower of Jesus, the difference is, is the follower of Jesus says, I'm willing to do anything and go anywhere for Jesus. And a change, of, a change of service is not a big deal for me because, man, Jesus, I'll do that. Some of, the, some of the people taking care of your kids this morning are followers of Jesus because they got here early. They say, man, I, I, Jesus wants me to be with the children. I'm going to take care of the children because children are important. February 12th, how will you know which group you will attend? It's all based on your community group. Because we want the community groups to stay together. And it's also a question of your location, how far away. So if you live far, far away, you got some people here from Whittier. Right? Reagan from Whittier. How long does it take you to get here Whittier, from Whittier? About a half hour, 35 minutes? That's a drive. I appreciate them making the drive. They say that, you know, a church alive is worth the drive. But here's the thing with with. Here's the thing with location. We want to give some room for them so they don't have to get, you know, so they're going to be coming to the 11 a.m. service because they're coming a longer way. Got some people coming from Fontana, Corona, right? Way out there in the hills. So, but those of us who live closer, we're going to come to the 9 a.m. service. Ah, man, 9 a.m., that's the old you. That's the old you, and you got to deal with the old you because Jesus is trying to get you to be the new you. He's trying to get you to say, hey, I want to be the new me. And the new me gets up a little earlier, and it feels great about it because I want to help somebody, and I want to make room. I don't want anybody to be left out there in the parking lot and drive away because there's no room. But what's the real reason we're doing all of this? What's the real reason? Because we want everybody to have an opportunity. 
See, and it's not about the building. It's not about the preacher. It's about Jesus. And you, you would be blown away. You would be blown away if you knew, if you knew your invitation could change somebody's life. But you got to be a bringer. You got to be a bringer. And I just want to tell you a story about this week. You know, my wife and I were in Rite Aid, and she's a bringer. She's a bringer, man. I, I admire my wife because she's a bringer. And I'm just glad I was there. Right? And I'm just, yeah, I'm with her. And she, shared, she stopped this woman in the Rite Aid and, you know, and talked with her about coming to our community group on Wednesday night, and the woman came, brought a friend. This woman shared her story right there in front of the whole community group. And I'm not going to go into it because it's, it's her business. And what stays in our community group stays in our community group. But let me just say this. She needs to sit with Jesus and his body. You don't realize how big of an impact you can have so what will this be? What will this mean for me? you got to be here. Some of you are sporadic. You come and you go and, and you're here and you're there. What if the day that you're not here, the person comes who you are the perfect fit to meet and talk and connect with? Your story, their story, I mean, wow. But you're not here. And be here early. See, I know why people have a hard time coming early to churches because it's more about the old me than it is the new me. The new me would say, man, i got to be there early because it could be the day. And be flexible and willing to serve. Sit with somebody. Sit with somebody. I mean, the idea that, you know, we spread out, I mean, this whole idea where, man, I don't like people too close to me. I like... You tell me, is that the new me or the old me? You, you tell me, what is it, the new me or the old me? I get the old me. I got an old me. Jesus didn't call me to be the old me. Jesus called me to be the new me. Be a great host and a friend. And it's all about bringing people to Jesus. That is the primary. We got to go back to John the Baptist and say, John the Baptist's role in existence was all about what? Bringing people to Jesus. Bringing people to Jesus. I want to tell you about Peter because this, this struggle didn't end for Peter. The moment his new me needed to show up, look at what happened. And Jesus told him, he told him, about an hour later, this was the third time, about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him for he's Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed, the Lord turned around and looked. He looked, man, what, what a look. Looked at, looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the words the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows. Today, you will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and wept bitterly. What was he weeping about? What was he struggling with? His old me. Here it is again. Here I am again. 
I told Jesus that I would never disown him. I told Jesus I would never deny him. I told him again and again. I told Jesus that I was going to die with him. Look at this. I did it again. I did it again. Can you relate to that? I can relate to that. Could have been very easy for Peter to quit and say, I'm done. And he did for a time. But look at this. Later on, Jesus follows back around after his resurrection. Does Jesus love us? And my question back here is, did Jesus know the day that he met Peter and called him Peter, he said, Simon, I'm going to call you Peter from now on. Did Jesus know that day what Peter was going to do the rest of his life? Absolutely. Failures and all, he knew it. See, God knew you weren't going to be perfect. Why is it such a surprise to you that you're struggling with your character, that you're struggling with your old you? Why is it such a surprise to you? It's going to be a struggle. Don't give up on your marriage. It's going to be a struggle. Don't give up on your family because it's going to be a struggle. Do not give up on your faith because it's going to be a struggle. Don't, Don't give up on your character. It's going to be a struggle. Don't give up on your purity. Don't give up on on your, your, your struggle with addiction. Do not give up. Peter wanted to give up, but Jesus circled around, and when they had finished eating, Jesus said, this is, this is, Jesus shows up and said, Simon, why do you call him Simon? That's my old name. Why are you calling me Simon? Because you're acting like Simon. You went back to fishing. See, the reason why we don't bring people to Jesus anymore, church, because we're acting like Simon. We're acting like we used to act selfish, self-absorbed, without the heart. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What are these? All that other stuff that's out there that's getting your attention. Do you love me more than fishing, Peter? Yes, Lord, you know. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then do this. Feed my lambs. He asked him another time, and then he asked him a third time. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you really love me? Peter was hurt. It cut him. Because Jesus asked him a third time. It probably cut him because he kept on calling him Simon. I want you to call me the rock. Don't call me that. Do you love me? He said, you know, Lord, all things. You know that I love you. Okay, then if you love me, then feed my lambs. Church, let me ask you a question. Are there any lambs out there that we need to feed? There's so many you you have no idea. Who's going to help those people? And I want to encourage you today to wrestle with you, your old you. And listen to Jesus say, I want to do something with you. Christian, I want to do something with you. But you're struggling. You're struggling so much. And, you know, Jackie, I want you to know that I got plans for you. But you're struggling. It's okay to struggle. Just don't give up. You want to know about struggles? I've had a lot of them. But I won't give up. I love Jesus. So right now we're going to celebrate the 
communion, but I want to encourage you to make a decision today that you're going to be the new you and you're going to listen to Jesus and you're going to let him so you can sit with somebody and help them know Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you so much that you believe in us in spite of us. God, we pray that today we can struggle with a new me. And I pray that, uh, Father, right now as we take the communion, we can hear and see how much Jesus loves us with his body and his blood. God, we want to be united with Jesus. We want to take this communion, God, asking you for another chance, that you won't give up on us. We know you don't. Help us not to give up on ourselves or with other people. That We'll hang in there and persevere, God, because you have plans. Bless this communion. We love you. Thank you for Peter's example, for Andrew's example. Thank you for Jesus. Bless us and help us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
So I want to I wanna leave you with one thing, and, and that's this, okay? It's up on the screen so you don't miss it. You persevere with the new you. God wants to do amazing things with your life. Don't you give up on your new you. Okay? And however many times you fall, I want to encourage you to get back up. And it's always great to get up back up with other people by your side because we know we're not alone. And if you're a guest here today and you've fallen down a lot of times, I want to encourage you to, to come and sit with us and let us show you. Let us, let us just show you who Jesus is. And maybe you can be inspired to become that new you, that Peter, okay, that God has planned. I want to leave you with this, and we're going to wrap it up. On the 12th, our fellowship is going to have to be a little shorter than normal to make room for the following service. So not today. The ushers may, we're doing, we're doing some scrimmages. We're rehearsing. We're getting ready. As you can see, we're finishing, bam, right on time. And it's a struggle. But you can go to breakfast. It's still early. You can go to breakfast. You can have an early lunch. We want people to be together, but we got to make room for the next service. Not today, but in the future. Okay? Our church is going to be such an incredible place where people can come and get their lives put back together, just like you and I did. Amen to that? God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon, and we'll see you next week.